Let's get into part two of making it through without losing my mind. Now, to me, this is a a really important mini series. Last week, if you didn't see last week's, please go watch it. It's it's worth it. Uh, I learned from it. Um, I'm I'm learning from putting this together and preparing. Uh, uh, I don't bring anything here that I personally am not learning. I don't do fake. Anybody who fellowship knows that by now. So what you're going to see in here is critically important. Now, uh, last week we started the uh, sermon with a Henry Nouwen devotional, and it was really good. But, oh my goodness, get ready for today's. I think you're going to really be blessed by what I'm about to share with you. This is pretty intense, so please listen carefully. It's only two slides, but it's really, really good. Create space in your innermost self. It sounds kind of a funny title, but let's see what it says. Today, I imagined my inner self as a place crowded with pins and needles. How could I receive anyone in my prayer when there is no place for them to be free and relaxed? When I am still so full of preoccupations, jealousies, anger, angry feelings, anyone who enters will get hurt. I have a very vivid realization that I must create some free space in my innermost self so that I may indeed invite others to enter and be healed. To pray for others means to offer others a hospitable place where I can really listen to their needs and pains. Compassion, therefore, calls for a self-scrutiny that can lead to inner gentleness. That, that to me, was really powerful because it kind of sums up this idea of trying to make it through this pandemic without losing your mind. Uh, we've got a lot of bristles. We've got a lot of pins and needles we're sitting on. Uh, I know some folks, even friends of mine, and uh, part of Hope Fellowship, uh, were agitated by um, varying opinions of what's going on in the news. I'm agitated by a bunch of stuff, and Lori and I, we, we safely vent to each other. We try not to be too pre preoccupied with our frustrations, but we still share it to get it off our chest. And so what other prickly needles have kind of built up in our emotions? So that when somebody comes along, um, we invite them into the prickliness. And that's what this little short thought is about, this little um, meditation, that perhaps we need to create a safer place or find a way to release that and not become prickly people. Because if we're prickly on the inside and agitated, we're clearly sending that vibe out to others. It, it, it's inevitable it'll happen. You think you're doing a good job not letting that out? Yeah, I think we all are in some kind of way. So be aware of that. I thought that, I thought that was a really, really powerful meditation. So let's get into this. Making it through without losing my mind. Last week we talked about a lot of the contributing factors. Stuff that we probably never thought of before. Uh, as to why we're under a new anxiety uh, with this pandemic. And not just what we think is common sense but those other contributing factors that are adding to our frustration. So go back and listen to last week's. I'm going to continue on. Um, the first part here, I got some memes that I came across that I thought were really, really helpful and powerful. And so I want to share some of these and, and tell you why each one is powerful. And then I've got some verses that I'm going to dig into that I think we should be meditating on. 
This first one comes from uh, my friend Keith Giles, and it kind of sparked um, kind of the attitude here. He says, if Christians were as concerned with loving everyone as they are with being right, the whole world would have known Jesus' love by now. Whew, that uh, the idea of being right. I think this is where we can become pretty um, blind to. We can become darkened in our minds to fighting to be right. Right about our science knowledge. Right about our medicine knowledge. Right about our Facebook opinions. Right about our media opinions. Right about our pol political opinions. And right, 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 right. Right about our theological opinions. Uh, right, right. It's all about being right. But it's not. Our life in Christ is about union not rightness or wrongness go back to the garden of eden that's the story of the two trees we're not called to eat from the tree of right and wrong we're called to eat from the tree of life jesus so if you catch yourself in a pendulum swing of always having to be right um then let this one sink in a little bit um yeah i think it's, it's a good one uh here's another one especially when we're dealing with uh people uh that we're having a hard time with is that be careful not to dehumanize those you disagree with in our self-righteousness we can become very the very things we criticize in others and not even know it be kind i thought this was really a great way to remember that we are all human the grocery clerk is a human and might be flustered and burned out and have stress at home and they're having trouble remembering codes for the vegetables and or is brand new trying to find a way to earn extra income and they're just learning their job uh, and, and we can become exhausted and demand our own way and say, hey, why are you doing this? Or And then you get mad at, an, at a store for not selling you something you really want and you say, well, it's essential to me and all these, all these me first opinions. Be careful you don't dehumanize people. See them as humans. Today, you could be talking to someone who's trying their best not to fall apart. So whatever you do today, do it with kindness in your heart. Now, this meme means a lot to me because in, in my world of chaplaincy, with funerals, with the long-term care home, I'm speaking to a lot of team members, staff. Um, I, as a pastor, I, I have a lot of one-on-one -on -one Zoom calls and phone calls. And honestly, there's, there's a lot of people trying not to fall apart. There are crises going on in people's homes that no one knows anything about. And it's hidden. It's even more hidden now. And you don't even have a safe place to share that with. So please, be kind. Uh, be kind to those you may be connecting with. Be kind to your Uber driver, to the, your Uber Eats driver for being late and the food's cold. You have no idea what just happened. So honestly... A lot of our complaints tend to come from a first world problem. Do you realize we've, 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 we've got the internet? Do you realize that even if you're watching right now, you have the privilege of having Wi-Fi. You have a computer. You have a phone. You have electricity. You have clean water. And, and we're complaining. We, see, when we have all these things we take for granted for, guess what happens? We find other things further to complain about. And we ignore everything that's really close that is there as a gift and as a blessing so be careful not to take those things for granted next here's a really powerful one thought for the day social media never shows the whole picture perfection is an illusion so 
the reason I brought this one up is because I know <laughs> I hear arguing and uh, I, I make comments on posts on Facebook and things and I'm trying to find better and wiser ways to say them um, and also refraining from posting anything on some things. I'm not reacting to a bunch of things, but you don't know what's going on in people's lives. This is very similar to the last two posts or two pictures I just shared with you. The person speaking to you may appear as if all is well, but really take a look at this picture. The apple you see is a whole perfect apple, but the other side's already got some brown in it. There's there's trouble, there's disintegration, there's a, a wrecking going on in them, and we're not aware of that. So especially if you live a lot on the online forums, platforms on Twitter, whatever, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, keep in mind the persona being sent is totally filtered, <laughs> okay? Everybody wants to pur pur uh, purport the, the best self uh, for others to see. They don't want to share their garbage. It would be a nightmare, but I, just be aware of that. Be kind. Difficult circumstances do happen. I love this meme. It says, when you can't control what's happening, challenge yourself to control the way you respond to what's happening. That's where the power is. And there's a lot of wisdom to this. This is about the pre-planning, pre preparing in advance. Do you remember me going through that series on... Um, uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as they planned in advance the responses to what could happen when they arrived in Babylon. They determined in advance to not give in to the religions of, of that land and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, just th this is very much like that. Plan in advance a way to respond so that if you look back in the last week, how many times have you responded negatively or have embarrassed yourself or wish you would have said it differently? Think of those times and now look forward. The next time something like that could happen, here's how I'd like to alter my response. All right. Really wise thing to do. So these are just some wise encouragements that I think are helpful. Fear does not stop death. It stops life. And worrying does not take away tomorrow's trouble. It takes away today's peace. I like that one. Now, when I say worry, I am talking about the being consumed with, where it is your new default. You're constantly concerned. And as a parent, as a provider, as a caretaker, that those are normal things. But I'm talking about the obsession to overthink. And usually that comes with anxiety. Anxiety is attached to overthinking. Overthinking is the number one cause of anxiety. It really is. So keep in mind here that perhaps we can learn to surrender our, our troubles, at least the outcomes. And God, I got no control over this. And God taps you on the shoulder and goes, I know. I got this. I got you. I'm never going to abandon you. I'm never going to leave you through this. Uh, you're, I'm not going to uh, pull you out of your trouble. Uh, otherwise, I have to pull everybody out of their trouble. I'm, but I'm going to be with you in this. I'm not going to abandon you. And that's important. Ego. <laughs> I love this. Once everything falls into place, I'll find peace. So Spirit says, find peace and everything will fall into place. Now, I, it's, it's a meme. So please don't take it too far. Because I can hear somebody say, well, uh, what does it mean everything will be fine? Well... It's not the intent here. It's not talking about the hyper detail of everything, but the idea of when we have an expectation that everything has to be right before we have peace, where the Spirit of God says to us, 
I am your peace. Let me walk you through this and you will find rightness in all this. You will find and experience peace and the things of this world are not going to seem as bad as you think. So I just thought that was a really helpful uh, saying as well. Our thought life is not to be a flood of thoughts uncontrolled, but rather a stream flowing with controlled banks, flowing from the life of Christ in us. If you focus your attention, you may easily see the difference and participate with the source in you. And the source is Jesus. Jesus is your life. Uh, again, the reason that I brought this one up is because sometimes we allow our circumstances to control everything about us. Our emotions, our whatever. We're just reacting now, reacting. We're, we're so brittle, so afraid, and maybe beat up and worn down. Maybe we're just flat out right tired, tired of all of this. I'm tired too. Everyone's tired. You're not special. Oops, did I just say that? Yeah, we're not special in that uh, God's going to rescue us because we're an extra special child, okay? Here, here's what I liked about the shack. The shack, whenever um, um, Jesus spoke or God, Papa spoke, um, there was a phrase constantly used, I'm especially fond of you. That line is about who's in front right now. Because sometimes we think God maybe has favorites. How can God love everybody? But it's not about the everybody. We're, we're, we're looking everywhere else but in the mirror or at ourselves and realize that God is especially fond of us. Period. Just us. And I think that's really an important um, recognition that God is with us through this. He's not abandoning us. And he likes us. We're not going to upset God. You can't. You're not big enough to do that. Philippians 4, 4-7. This is what we talked about last week. We ended with this. And I'd like to reread it because I think it's very, very powerful. And may it speak to your soul and your heart. It says, Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow for you. Uh, for you are united with the anointed one. So this, right away here, it's saying, hey, let in every season of life, um, be cheerful with joyous celebration. There's a difference between joy and happiness. We've talked about that one before. Um, but we are being reminded here that our joy comes from our union because we're one with Christ. This is the source of all of our joy. Then, because that's true, look what it says. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our God is ever near. Uh, I, I, I tend to mess up this one often, because I don't always display gentleness, and yet, is a personality type? I'm not sure. I don't know yet. But I am learning about being a little more gentle, not so reactionary, and yet well, I'm figuring this out. The Holy Spirit's big enough to tap me on the shoulder, and sometimes he uses my wife. It's <laughs> kind of how that works. But here, you know, I am learning to be more gentle. Uh, um, if nobody else can see it yet, well, I know I'm working on it, but I'm by working on it, I mean I'm, I've asked the Holy Spirit to gently nudge me and remind me especially in the middle of a sentence even when my tone isn't quite right uh, to be more gentle with others that are I'm in a disagreement with that's that's why this is here because our pandemic has caused us 
to react to people even close to us, family members, um, relatives, fellow church folks who see something completely different in this pandemic. And we're not gentle anymore. We're just fed up and we just use harsh, sharp phrases to shut down thoughts or arguments or express, I'm done with this. Maybe, maybe that's not always as helpful. And maybe the other person who has a strong opinion also needs to learn to be quiet and not express every opinion just because they have one. Um, there's a lot to learn here in this, in this journey. So let gentleness be seen in every relationship uh, for, for our Lord is ever near. And this is a hard one to remember. And then in verse 6, it says, Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Huh. Are we pulled in different directions? Are we pulled in our emotions in every direction with every newscast and every channel we switch to, every newspaper article we read, every post we see? Do we see ourselves going bing, 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 bing? And, and we see ourselves being pulled all over the place. Yes, it's happening. Well, there you go. There's a huge sign to you right now. This text is for you. Read it again. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. Take your venting. Take your frustrations. Take the person you're ticked off with. Take your boss that you might be mad at. Take whoever it is, your coworker that you can't stand anymore because they're, they keep spewing their conspiracy theories or vaccine views or uh, religious views, uh, and they, keep, they won't stop. Take this person to the Lord in prayer. Dear God, I can't handle this. And God says, you don't need to. Give it to me. I can handle this through you. You're just trying to control it. That's why you can't handle it. Ugh. This is hard. This is really hard. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Huh. See, there's a benefit to what I've just suggested. Then God's wonderful peace that's much deeper than your understanding or mine. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable, admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure, holy, merciful, and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Now, I, I'd like to throw in the word, and fasten your seatbelts because God's doing a new thing as he changes your mind. <laughs> I love that. Follow the example of all that we have imparted to you, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. Now, the idea of God being with us in all things is objective. It's true. It, that will never change. But there will be times we may not experience it, so it feels like God's not with us. Where is God in all this? He hasn't left. It's the awareness of his presence. Um, you'll notice, we, uh, I remember growing up at a, in a couple, I grew up in a number of churches, and uh, I think 
almost every church I grew up in, there was a prayer at the beginning of services that was, Dear God, come be with us today as we worship you. Come join us. Come live among your people. Come, Lord Jesus. We welcome you now. Please come, Lord Jesus, come. I can't pray that prayer anymore because it's just not true. It's implying he's not there. There's an implication of near far. Like it's the idea that God's far away and we got to invite him and he won't come uninvited. Untrue, completely baloney, um, you name it. Because he is with us in all things. He is so close. I remember there's an old gospel song. He's as close as the mention of his name. Uh, I think it was... Um, uh, David Maines' wife sang that on Hunter Huntley Street. I know. I'm dating myself way back. Hey, but as, as a family, we went to visit Hunter Huntley Street in the live productions. It was fun. Um, but I remember, I remember thinking the song sounded corny to me at the time, but now I hear the words through a different lens. He's as close as the mention of his name, but it's not just the mention of his name. It's when we say it, it's an awareness, an awakening that happens. There is a truth that God is with us always and never leaves us. He's one with us. That's what it means to be in union with Jesus. But when we forget our union, when we forget and we are distracted by the world's events, distracted by arguments, distracted by frustrations, authentic and real frustrations, I'm not dissing them, saying they're not real. They are. But when our eyes are on all those things, we are not aware of the presence of Christ in us or with us. I love that. Oh, I think this is pretty, pretty powerful. Colossians 1, 26 and 27, my absolute favorite uh, verse that showed me uh, my union for the first time. This is about 20 years ago. I think it was 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago. Exactly. Let me think back. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But here it is. Um, there is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. But now... It's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us, Christ in you, becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. I remember when I first came to Hope Fellowship, um, the founding verse that launched Hope Fellowship was um, from Jeremiah something, something. Uh, I have plans and a hope for you. Somebody tell me what it is. I, I can't remember right now. But, and I'm the pastor of the church. But anyway, that's, this is the founding verse of the church. You know, I have a hope and a future for you. And it was an old covenant type of of messaging from from Jeremiah but when I when I came here and began to understand my identity more and more I realized that this verse we're looking at right now uh, which way right there that verse is the new covenant uh, handshake between those two that we're waiting for a hope and a, he has a good future plan for us he does and this is the future that Jeremiah could not understand Jeremiah, Jer yeah, figures Rod would send that to me. Jeremiah 29, 11. <laughs> yeah, 
Okay, there we go. So this is the handshake verse. So the Jeremiah Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is the hope for something coming, but this Colossians 1, 26, 27 is the realization of our union with Christ. This is it. It's arrived. Unbelievable. Thanks, Diane. Absolutely. Hi, Diane. Good to see you. This is a fantastic revelation of it. Typical joy when you see something from the old testament becoming revealed now that, that's what jesus did the whole old testament is a picture of jesus coming it's all foretelling of christ because remember jesus talking on the road to ams on the road to ams he described how all the scriptures pointed to this whole thing that was going to happen well here it is jeremiah is talking about uh, the hope coming and jesus is the hope in us hope fellowship your community church it's not our community church. It's your community church. Whoever makes this their community, it's your community church. If you don't want to be part of this community, you're not part of this community. It's fine. Who, it, it, it's, it's your call. Your expectation uh, it does have a difference with all this. Okay, If you have an expectation that the church is supposed to serve you, i got a problem with that. But if you've got a, an expectation of how can I become a more loving person and learn and, and then grow and mature with others who are also growing in hope and love and, and discovering their identity, then this is the right church for you for now. You know, Stay as long as you like. Leave when you need to leave. I, we can't keep anybody here. I, we've had people leave, and I, I don't chase people anymore. I, I used to. And I'm heartbroken by some who've left. Just, just heartbroken. It's like, what? Ugh. But it's not my church. It's his church. Imagine that. So let's look for hope. I think hope is a great thing to be considered. Romans 14, 19. So then, make it your top priority to live a life of peace with harmony in your relationships, eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage one another. This is a great COVID-19 verse for all of us. In fact, these next number of ones, the ones I did uh, just a few moments ago and right to the end, these are verses that, in fact, write them down later. Like, go back and pause, write them down, whatever. Take a screenshot. Uh, save these verses if you need that visual triggering, okay, or reminder. These are great because... It's easy to forget, especially being triggered by everything else. So why, if we're being triggered with news, people, um, you name it, mail that comes in, phone calls, um, whatever, then why can't we have positive triggers like this and have these around to, to visually stimulate us and remind us? I think these are great ideas. Next, Romans 8.1. <laughs> this is really important because I think we can hear negative judgment from one another in our opinions in how we give our opinions i've been guilty of this and i am trying to learn and yield but here it says so now the case is closed there remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with jesus the anointed one if you're hearing a condemning voice from anyone it's not the voice of god so reject it even if it's coming from your spouse, your kids, your parents, if it's coming from your boss, if it's coming from haters on Facebook or whatever social media thing you're on, it's not the Lord. So ignore it. Turn it off. Just, just stop allowing it into your head, the voices of condemnation. Control the flow of what comes into your mind. Fill your mind with these good things. We're going to get to that verse shortly. 
Ephesians 6, 13 to 18 says, Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so that you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. I love the way this translation says this. Put on truth as the belt to strengthen you, to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor. Um... Um, I just got distracted. Sorry. Put on the holiness that is your protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert. Then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield. For it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. There you go. Those are the accusations, the condemnation voices. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies take the mighty razor sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of god pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times pray the blessings of god upon all his believers now that's a pretty heavy list. That's a whole sermon right there. But I'm not going to do that to you today because we're out of time. But here we've got a very powerful picture uh, of putting on the armor of God. But what, what does that mean? As a kid, I had to you know sing a song and put on all the pieces of armor. In fact, as I got older, there were times where I kind of in my head put on the armor just to remember I've got armor on. It's just weird. But here I've since discovered this list we've just read is declaring and announcing and affirming your identity in Christ. That, that's what this list is. It's a powerful, powerful list. Let's keep going. We're almost done here. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know what God's will is for you which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Huh. So the customs of this world are not designed to make you more godlike, for sure. But who is in you is. So God wants our mind to be changed. So we need to let God transform us by changing the way we think. Let's read this from another translation. This is from the New American Standard Bible. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, which is good, acceptable, and perfect. So there, again, this is about being transformed where? Here. We Sometimes we focus too much on our behavioral transformations. My buddy Rainey, uh, in Childress in Alabama, he uh, runs a recovery group. And they're, they're, he's not trying to get them to change their behaviors uh, on the front end. He's trying to change their mind by, by having God transform their mind, renewing their mind. Then the behavioral changes will come. Here it is from the Passion Translation. I love this. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Pause there. Down the bottom it says, don't be squeezed into the mold of this present age. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Like, this is good stuff. This is like, I could preach this for weeks. This is so, so, so good. Uh, 
let's end with this. I think this is the last one. So what do we focus on? Here it is. This is how we end it. This is where I want you to realize what is most important because it has to do with thinking. Therefore, they said to him in John 6, 20 to 29, what shall we do so that we may work the works of God? And Jesus turns, their, turns it on their heads and says, and he says to them, this is the work of God. Here it is, the work that you believe in him whom he has sent. Our true work is, is belief not the doing doing will come out of belief for sure that's a natural overflow but if we focus on the work we're going to miss the belief john 17 3 same thing this is eternal life what is eternal life this is eternal life that they may know you believe in you the only true god and jesus christ whom you have sent man i hope that's uh, uh hits your heart today because the verses, the content, the the entirety of last week and this week um, has really encouraged me, and I oh, I hope it encouraged you too. Even if it's just one or two of you, great, it was worth it. Because I don't want this pandemic to rule our lives, to ruin our emotions. Uh, I think we need to take back uh, territory in our mind that's ours. It's ours. Get out of here, negative thoughts. Get out of here, uh, quarreling thoughts. Get out of here, judgmental thoughts. Get out of here, us versus them thoughts. And focus on the union in the life of Christ and allow the kingdom of God that is in us to move forward and have impact on those around us. And what does it look like? Here it is. The kingdom of God looks like this. Love. It looks like love. If it doesn't look like love, it's not the kingdom of God. That simple. I'm not making it simplistic either. It really is about agape. So let's let the agape of God flow from us to others. Heavenly Father, I pray that your peace will guard our hearts and minds as we live in you. And I pray that you make your presence aware in a very unique way to each person watching in a way they know that you have nudged them just now or today, or as they meditate on all that we've just shared. I pray this in Jesus' name.